Hey, welcome to the Church Planting Podcast. This week, Clint Clifton braves the cold and goes to Minneapolis to talk with Jonathan Parnell, who's the pastor of Cities Church. As Clint loves to say, and you'll hear in the follow-up commentary, this church drips with the Bible. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, and don't forget to listen all the way through. There's some follow-up comments that Clint and I add to the interview. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota this morning, and I'm sitting in my car outside of Cities Church. I'm about to go in and experience uh, a church plant here in the Twin Cities, and uh, it's negative two outside, so it's really cold, and I pulled into this neighborhood. Uh, it's an older neighborhood in St. Paul, and there are just cars lined all up and down the street um, to go and check out Cities Church, so I'm excited to see what I find inside. Hey, Jonathan, thanks uh, for taking a few minutes to chat with me today. Yeah, thanks for thanks for yeah sitting down with me. Tonight. Yeah, so uh, man, I got to go to your church yesterday. First of all, I don't get to go to a whole lot of church plants because I'm pastoring myself. And uh, what an encouraging uh, worship service! Uh, it, it was. I saw you out there. I looked out there and thought I saw you. So it was, it was neat to. We we are encouraged. There's been a few pastors who will come worship with us uh, when they have Sundays off, and there's nothing more encouraging to me than to see other pastors worship with us when they can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I was just uh, I actually had my recorder with me, and I had um, I, I recorded some ambient audio from the service okay. and stuff like that. Cool. I'm doing music, I'll probably mix it into the podcast a little bit, but oh, man, um, love to hear that. yeah, it was it was cool. People were friendly. The Good. venue was amazing. Got you. So tell us the story on that venue real quick. Yeah, there's a, an old Episcopal Church building uh, right off of Summit Avenue in St. Paul, which is a historic street um, in St. Paul, runs right into downtown. Um, and uh, I mean, a lot of, I mean, Garrison Keeler lives on Summit. There's a lot of uh, really neat history with that street and this church has a neat history too uh, the same architect who designed this church building designed the saint paul cathedral wow and, uh, i think the basilica in minneapolis and so it has a, a rich rich history the first priest of the anglican church that met there is actually buried uh under the altar the back <laughs> so there's a lot of history there and uh, oh, so man. we moved into the building the church closed down about three years ago um which has been the case for a lot of mainline churches, yeah. you know, and and uh, the building was for sale, and it was uh, bought um, end of 2017 uh-huh. by a developer, and then he has rented it out to us. We moved in in April. And, uh, the sound is not great, so we're looking at some some new speaker stuff, yeah. chairs, you know, there's all of those kinds of kinds of, kinds of details, but. It has been a, a sweet, a sweet thing to meet in such a, a transcendent. I mean, the architecture is just transcendent. It's yeah. beautiful, and we love, we appreciate that. So it's been a, it's been a neat thing to be there. Yeah. Well, it was. Uh, I don't know if I'd say it was slam packed, but it was full. I mean, it was, it was very full. There was, it was full enough that there were. You know, people weren't skipping chairs when they weren't sitting next to yeah. somebody they love. You know, yeah. the, so I was sitting really close to two people I don't know at all, and <laughs> so that was that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, you definitely broke like the eighty percent rule. You we, know, you know, we yeah. Here's the thing: we have these the chairs we have are those like and the you know WWE yeah holding <laughs> plastic and uh, they don't they don't stay in the same spot well they just slide everywhere yeah. they set out five hundred every Sunday yeah. 
and by the time we're finished, they're just there's really not, they're just moved everywhere. They just right. chaotic, <laughs> uh, and so we have to kind of ask people to kind of manage that. Yeah. and they've been great. So yeah. it's been it's been a good. We all kind of after the service, we have to say sometimes, uh, fold your chair or straighten your chair. Or, right. Yeah, but uh, I thought it was really cool that the um, there was a very kind of clear liturgy and everything seemed very intentional, uh, but it was also not stuffy in any way. Um, uh, especially that little theological reflection that was right at the beginning of the service. Yeah. Man, I mean, it was just so good. Uh, the, the content of that was great. If I, if, if I can get it from you, we'll post the content of that in the show notes, but the, it was just incredible, like, theological reflection that set up well the, the sermon content. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so we, good. Yeah, we, I'm, I mean, the thing with liturgy is that it can tend to be stuffy, people who have a background uh, in liturgical churches, but we want to redeem uh, intentionality in the worship service. Yeah. And we, we use the five C's. We talk about call to worship, confession of sin, consecration. That's when the word is preached. And then right. every sermon is in communion and then we're commissioned now. Yeah. And uh, and so we, we try to, in our worship service, uh, just model what it means mm-hmm. for us to come to God. Yeah. Um, not just in corporate worship, but even as individuals. Right. Uh, every time we come to God, we come to Him in, in those, with those five steps, we yeah. think. And so uh, it's been a rich thing for our church to to, uh, to walk through that now for, for over four years, that same type of, of structure every service. Our, it engages our kids. That's one thing we found is that our kids, uh, they, they kind of know what's happening. Yeah. They know after the confession of sin, there's the assurance of pardon, and there's right. that response, thanks be to God. Yeah. And our kids are the most vocal to, yeah. to give God thanks for his forgiveness. And so we, yeah, we, we, we have really benefited and helped by our liturgy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I want to just talk to you about a couple things. Um, first of all, you're, we're, we're right now at um, the uh, pastor's conference uh, that Bethlehem puts on and, uh, in Minneapolis. And um, so you're, you were a member of Bethlehem and yeah. sent from there to plant Citizens Church. So tell us a little bit of the story of how, so we, I'm sorry, Cities Church. Yeah, Cities Church. <laughs> so we moved to, we, my wife and I moved from Lake Forest, North Carolina, okay. Southeastern for four or five years. We moved here in 2008, and I moved here as an apprentice um, at Bethlehem in there. At that time, it was called TBI. The Bethlehem Institute became Bethlehem College of Seminary. And uh, we were at Bethlehem for six years. So I was an apprentice there for four years in their seminary. Uh, and then we were involved in small group ministry uh, all those six years that we were there. I worked at Desiring God for six years. Um, and... Uh, and yeah, really, really love being at Bethlehem. Love one of the things that I most appreciate about Bethlehem, which is I think influenced us, shaped us the most, is the connection between theology and doxology. Yeah. Um, of, of really caring about sound doctrine mm-hmm. for the sake of worship. Right. Taking that seriously and uh, and the sincerity with it all. I'd say, um, uh, Bethlehem, they they mean to do everything. Yeah. It's just, it's just, yeah. Everything's on purpose. They're yeah. careful, and they and they just re- they really mean what they do. They're yeah. behind what they do, and uh, I just I just love that. I yeah. love that. I, it, it builds so much trust. Mm-hmm. I think with a member with your church membership. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we really we really value. Yeah. Bethlehem. Well, that's great. Among other things, I could go on. We love our mother church. She's yeah. A great sending church. She's been. It's amazing to be. We're in the same metro as a. You know, four or five thousand member mega church um, yeah. with three campuses. We planted within a five mile radius of her. Yeah, and uh, she has been an amazing support, yeah. sending church and and supporting church for yeah. us. Right. Um, 
so it seems like I was just listening to Kenny Stokes, and it seems like they have, uh, over the years, been involved in 20 or so church planning projects over the last, you know, uh, several decades. And uh, so in one sense, that's kind of for a church of their size and caliber, that's a little bit slow. So um, they seem to value intentionality and kind of a careful carefulness. Even uh, even when Kenny was talking about the um, the depth to which they dig into helping the church plants create documents and stuff like that it seems like more than most sending churches would do. Is that right? I think so. I think one of the things that they would say, so Bethlehem has started the Treasuring Christ Together yeah. Network, which is really, it's like a family of churches. Yeah. The thing that really binds these churches together is a, is a, a theological camaraderie. Right. They all hold to the uh, Bethlehem lead, uh, Elder Affirmation of Faith. Which yeah. Is the, the uh, Elder Affirmation of Faith that really uh, John Piper uh, penned several years ago now. There's been a few different iterations of it. Um, it is a Calvinistic, yeah. uh, fit, complementarian, continualist. I mean, it's an amazing document. And uh, all these churches are united to that theology. Yeah. And I'd say united in a way where it's not a, a statement that they just check off yeah. or would say... They really yeah. wholeheartedly embrace it. it, it yeah. I mean, it is it is on the kitchen counter. Yeah, I'm talking about like it's it's we 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 serve with yeah. this thing right right in front of us. And yeah, we really believe what it says and believe it's a faithful representation of the Bible. And, yeah, uh, and so that's the thing that unites the churches together. And uh, and so yeah, in the process, the assessment process is I think pretty in depth. Um, mm-hmm. They really care about healthy healthy pastors lead healthy churches, mm-hmm. and uh, and so they really want to make sure that pastors are in a good place and yeah. their marriages are in a good. place place and so it's a, right. a pretty I think uh, intensive process yeah so earlier this week you and I did a an a, a event a training for church planners together and uh, during that you talked about your aspirations uh, for cities church and and you described uh, at one point you described it as you you want the Bible to ooze from I don't know if you use the word ooze or if I inserted yeah. that but it, to, to kind of <laughs> A leak out of yeah. everything you do, yeah. um, and I think, you know, when I heard you say that, I think that's a sentiment that a lot of guys would like to be true. But at the end of the day, even myself, I mean, at the end of the day, there's a whole bunch of stuff I do that I'm not seeking to, uh, you know, to to have the scripture ooze right. from, right. you know, and uh, and so and then I saw it in your worship service, uh, in, in every aspect of your worship service. And so talk to me a little bit, talk to us a little bit about what you meant by that and how, how you seek to. Yeah. Well, brother, I just want to say that's maybe the most encouraging thing I've heard in a long time. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Like, yeah. That means a lot to me. Um, so there's this quote, I think, I don't know if it's a quote. I think I heard this from Keller or I'll say Keller. I think it was someone tell me, show me the reference, but it was something he said, something like the hardest thing about pastoral ministry is that as 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 pastors we are spokesmen for God, which means that uh, it, it means that we, as spokesmen for God, we have to be close to God, mm-hmm. or at least be good at pretending that we're close to mm-hmm. God. Wow, which is just a, it's a that's a hard word. I mean, that's that you know that gets your attention because you there's realize, nothing in between. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing, and you realize as a pastor, you 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 know how you know how to pretend to get, you know what it takes, you know what it looks like. Right. You know, you know how to appear to be close to God. Yeah. And and when it comes to the Bible, the thing about the Bible is it is the main tool of a pastor. Yeah. You know, 
And it can be very subtle and very easy that you begin to use this book, which is the book of life. These are the words of life. Yeah. You begin to use it as just kind of like this part of your tool belt. Yeah. It's just kind of this uh, utilitarian type function. And and the thing that I that I want so badly for my own heart um, mm. and for the the guys that we're investing in and sending out is I just I want this I want this book to be, you know. This is the, the Psalm one nineteen sweeter than honey. Yeah. This is this we love this book because right. in this book we meet with God, we know Jesus, and so I I, I just I want it. And that's something where uh, in the importance of just uh, of meditating on Scripture, memorizing Scripture, just yeah. giving yourself to the book, um, not not just using it for yeah. the ministry, and uh, and that's something where where is the line there? It's hard because everything that I read in Scripture. It ends up bubbling out somewhere. Like right. you know, so, you, so even when I'm as a pastor, and there's so many guys who've talked about this and understand this dynamic better than me. But you, you're reading scripture and you're trying. You want to be fed, and you think instantly, of, "Oh, I could, I could say that. I had this thing coming up. I could say this there. I could." Oh, and I, I think that's okay, um, as long as we, you know, we're not going to scripture so that we have something to say at you know this or that thing but that we're right. really going to God I want to meet with you I'm here to meet with you show me who you are show me Jesus and that's the sort of thing that um, it starts with you know with me as a pastor and then I want to I want to invest you know invest that into the guys that we raise up um, and so that's where that's coming from I yeah. just want it to be and that you get that in the you know the Puritan model mm-hmm. of pastoral ministry um, I love Sinclair Ferguson's is a, a collection of, of articles and essays he's written, um, and he talks about just the kind of the Puritan pattern of pastoral ministry, and I'm really compelled by that. Uh, just how, uh, just how devoted yeah. these guys were to the scriptures. Like I want to, I want to be that. I want to yeah. do that. Right. Wow. So you have um, this is changing gears a little bit, yeah. but you have opted to come from Beth, coming from Bethlehem. Well, you're from southeastern background. You yep. said you went to school southeastern. Did you come from an SBC background yeah. even before that? Yeah, yeah. So growing up, uh, was uh, in RAs, so yeah, yeah. church, okay. man, the whole thing. And can you can you still say the pledge? Oh, I can't say the yeah. pledge. No. Yeah, I bet if I got you started, you could maybe do it. it was. I, I did As a royal like, ambassador, I, was, I will do my best okay. to become a. Yeah, you got yeah, it, don't I, you? So, we, so here's my parents. From my dad's Southern Baptist background, my mom had more of an independent Baptist background. But like my parents, so she did a wanna. Exactly, you got it. So we actually left my my dad's home oh, church man. when I was in eighth grade, seventh grade, and yeah. went to my mom's home church, and I switched from RAs to a wanna. I messed you all up. It messed me up. Man. It messed me up. But my parents, but they, uh, they would do Bailey Smith conference. Yeah, and we were a big. You know, wow. My dad was a, a deacon at this SBC church, which meant he was like an elder. Okay. You know? Um, rural Southern Baptist Church. I love the pastor. He's still there. It's the yeah. pastor as I had as a kid. Love that church. And uh, so had that background. Went to Southeastern. Yeah. And uh, went to the undergrad at Southeastern yeah. College. And then I did a year of seminary there. And then knew I wanted to move to Minneapolis for TBI when okay. I was like a junior in college. And was that because you'd been influenced by Piper in, been, in yeah. school? Yeah. I had been influenced by Piper. Um, and. Uh, which was a deep influence, um, and uh, really learned to desire God. I mean, yeah, I just, yeah, right. I mean, my, I love, I just, my, this whole idea of affection, uh-huh. man, just, I, I remember, uh, I, this is a rabbit trail. Yeah. I remember the first time when I really began to think about what does it mean to love Jesus? Yeah. And uh, 
So we moved here um, for, for because of Piper's influence, but also because of TBI, now BCS, because they were part of the local, it was theological training. In the local church, yeah. Local church, which I had done undergrad at Southeastern for four years, and I just thought that was a really cool thing yeah. to build it. So that was that was another big draw here, and uh, so thankful that it was. That is a cool thing. Yeah, made that, had that trend. It seems to be catching on and I'm yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah. I man, the more we can wed the local church and theological training, right. man, it's gonna be incredible if we get, get really make progress in that area. Well, um, okay, so I was leading to yes, you, right. you're participating right now in your church planning work with yes. the North American Mission Board and the Send Network, Send Network. Uh, so tell me why you've chosen to do that. Obviously your sending church wasn't sort of requiring you or urging yes. you to do that necessarily. Yeah. Um, but tell us why you did that. It's, it's really simple. It's because having a, a Southern Baptist background, uh, knowing about the IMB. Yeah. I mean, coming to, I mean, there are people who knew about the IMB mm-hmm. when we moved here. But, uh, but you know, not, not as, it wasn't as big a thing as it was, you know, the circles I come from. Mm-hmm. I just think the IMB is the most amazing thing in the whole yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it comes down to Southern Baptists really care about making disciples. Yeah. And I mean, they put their money where their mouth is, mm. and and they're just the best. I don't know. I mean, mm. it's, it's the best. I think disciples making, uh, disciple maker sending, mm. you know, denomination organization with mm. IMB and Nam. And so we just thought it was strategic for us to, mm. to, to join um, with Nam. And so we've been really excited about about that partnership. Yeah. So. Well, that's great. There's a, uh, you know, often when guys come from other tribes and they join up with sin network it's a more pragmatic reason you know it's uh they need they need cash or you know we're one of the only organizations that's actually giving money to church planners or or, and resources so so it's it's exciting to run into somebody who does it for convictional reasons yeah yeah it was you know we had i understand that you know that that definitely is a draw Um, and that's okay for i mean i understand that i mean that's one of the reasons why nam does it like yeah you know um, but um, you know, for us, our sending church was very generous. Yeah, we we were sent out um, with some good financial you know boost, and I regrew soon enough. We were able to be right. financially sustainable um, within our first year, which was amazing. Um, but uh, but yeah, for us, it, it's just you know being connected um, with the IMB is a big thing for us. Yeah, and just being the resources, not just mm-hmm. financially, but just the, the resourcing. Yeah, like I mean, really. The Sin Network wants to be the best church planning network yeah. in the world, right? And like they're they're aiming, they're gunning for that, yeah. And they're doing a pretty good job. And so it's for us, it's just being connected to to a to who to a group that takes that seriously, yeah. And, uh, and so we yeah we love the Sin Network. I'm a church planning trainer now with the Sin Network, and and uh, yeah, we just yeah we're super excited about about what's in store. So it was yeah. You know, the demeanor you have toward this, and this is a little bit abstract, but the demeanor you have toward this, I, I know you're a guy who comes from a place you were just describing that's very careful, very convictional, um, kind of philosophically speaking, has a, maybe some particular nuances. Yeah. And, and I know that everything Nam does, you're not like 100% excited about, mm-hmm. yet you still find a way to joyfully engage wholeheartedly engage mm-hmm. and speak about it in a way that's generous and benevolent and um, a lot of guys can't do that what what is it that makes you able to do that yeah well i don't maybe it's ignorance i don't know i can't i couldn't tell you three things about nam that i'm like i wish you wouldn't do that 
Well, I mean, to be specific, you were just talking about you're, you're a SIN network trainer. Yeah. You're with the training. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're telling me that everything in that training that you go through, you feel like, man, this is like solid advice. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm putting you on the spot no, here yeah, a little okay, bit. Yeah, yeah. So the training, um, yeah, it's pretty good, man. Like, yeah. it's solid. Like, I, you know, and even the way that, that these guys have trained us to just think about adult learning in general. Yeah. You know, like the train the trainer event is really designed to make you a better teacher, yeah. a better trainer, you know? And, yeah. And, uh, so I've, yeah, I've been, I've been held by, by all of that stuff. Um, you know, there are theological, uh, 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 nuances, nuances, yeah. you know, that are different yeah. and those exist in denominations and yeah. I think that's okay. I think, you know, knowing that denominations are united because of mission, the great yeah. mission, um, I think it's important to keep, keep remembering that, um, mm. you know, when it comes to, the kind of churches that, that we want to plant like yeah. as a local church in our city, um, we have some, you know, those nuances matter to us. Uh-huh. So, you know, we we really want to plant churches that replicate our culture. Yeah. So we want to have churches, we want to plant churches that have uh, the same, um, the, the leaders have the same uh-huh. theology as us, which is more narrow than, than them yeah. in general. Also the same uh, philosophy of ministry when it comes to relational discipleship. Yeah. Also, we want churches to have that we plan to have the same liturgy. Like we, right. You know, so we, we would, you know, we, we've used the Will Mancini yeah. church unique thing, or I guess God Dreams is his most recent book. And we'd say, like, we, our model of church planting, and we want, you know, we planted one church, our second church is going out here in a few months. We'd really want to do, we, we've kind of, def, you know, kind of honed it down. We want to do, you know, cultural replication with geographic saturation so right. we plant as many churches like ours in the twin cities as possible yeah um and that's and, and we can do that they're all new yeah. churches but yeah, yeah because because we're doubting locally because we know what we think is effective to reach our city we just you know that we think having those nuances are okay yeah it is yeah level. at the local level yeah. yeah i think the thing i'm pointing out is that that you see those same nuances and differences and are able to still wholeheartedly participate and even speak with benevolence yeah. about NAM. And a lot of a lot of guys from, you know, other other streams are not able to do that. And it's yeah. and it's um, when it's when there's such a task in front of us yes. of getting the gospel to those who are far from God. Uh, in our cities all around us. We're so surrounded by lostness, like just yeah. permeating around us everywhere. Um, it, it seems like the emphasis is on our differences and not on our, our sameness. Yes. And when our sameness is so over, you know, it's, it's so, so much bigger than our differences. Yeah. And, uh, and so it's just really refreshing to hear from you and yeah. to hear you with, without any hint of a critical tone. Yeah, you know? no, I, 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 because if you, I mean, I just just that the high trust for for Nam uh, for all the guys I'm connected with through through Nam. Uh, you know when it when it's honestly to tell you the truth, and you might have to cut this later. When it's like when it's you know when it's like like 20 below yeah. now in Minnesota, like yeah. my wife's like, can you just move? Can we just move to Georgia and yeah. get a job with Nam? Yeah. <laughs> Lord's called us here. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but, no, but no, we love, we love Nam, and, and it's because every contact I've had with someone, they, they really mean it. They want yeah. to make disciples. They want to fulfill the Great Commission in yeah. North America. And uh, I'm just, man, I'm on board with that. Like, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And the, and, and it is, 
I mean, I think anybody in the upper leadership at NAM would say we would expect local churches and even local families of churches or micro networks to have those nuances. But when they come to to the table at NAM, a national network, the, the largest national network in the country, that we those nuances aren't the aren't the biggest thing about us yes. the, you know and so uh yeah. i think you know more and in, increasingly nam is a you know going to be i think or sin network is going to be a a network of micro networks and yeah. it's the way it should be because those micro networks are usually connected to churches yes. that had some passion for multiplying the gospel yeah. in their local context and with their specific theological yeah. and philosophical nuances you know? I, mean, I, I knew i'm talking to here i'm talking to the guru when it comes to like you know networks and things like that i mean this is something that, that i know you're you've thought a lot about I've thought a little bit about it, yeah. and I just think that I think the whole network thing. I think over networking is a big thing. Yeah. I, think, I think a lot of church planters yeah, have bombarded too much. with yeah, what right. networks should be part of, and I, I think the trend is, is more regional, local. I, I just do. I think yeah. that, that the a national network like Send has its place, and I don't think it's, it's amazing. And it really, I, I just want to insert here that the Send network. I mean, I know I've had this conversation with Dahadi. As a matter of fact, Dahadi's on the podcast. Uh, we got we recorded a podcast with him. He's he's going to explain this in a future or later episode. I don't I don't know. But anyway, he his he sees the future of the Send network being um, those local. You know, Send being a a conduit to help those local networks really, really thrive, yeah. to be us, to serve those local um, uh, groups of, of churches. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, I think the, the trend is, is for networking yeah. to, be, to be more local. Um, and that's just because, I mean, I, I, we, guys are just dialed in to the new university. Yeah. They know what works. They know right. what the people, they know what people, you know, what connects mm-hmm. with the people of their cities. And so that just makes more sense to me. Yeah. I think that's what's, I think that's what's happening. Yeah. So uh, just before we finish up here uh, real quickly. So that you said you guys have planted one church already. Is that, yes. is that right? C- yep. So that means cities has planted one church. Yep. Cities church planted uh, all people's church okay. last June. We sent them out and all people's is a Soma church. Okay. So they, they have, they, they're, they're reaching urban poor okay. in the Powderhorn neighborhood of Minneapolis All right. and doing a great job. Just great job. Doing yeah. Great job. And um, so why or why not? Why did you choose to? That was a member or a leader from cities that yep. went out. Yep. And why did you not choose to use the city's name with that? We we have thought about that, mm-hmm. um, and uh, we actually with our plant that we're sending out this year, we thought about it even more because this plant has it's a lot of leaders from our church, two mm-hmm. deacons um, at our church, were part of that. And uh, and we've we've gone back and forth. I don't have a great answer for you. On, yeah. On, you know, it, it ultimately, um, you know, it was a conversation both with this with this planting team and also us. And uh, I think um, I think the question I think for obviously if, if a church takes uh, the same name as its sending church, um, we would care a lot more about what they're doing. Yeah, like, right. If, like how their website looked. And how yeah, the all brand of thing, the details. Yeah. Like you just you know you. It's, and plus, in one sense, it would it would handcuff them in terms of yeah. things they wanted to do, and and so we just decided, you know what, uh, 
let's let's not yeah let's not do that right now so they're called redeemer church all people's church redeemer church are two plants um and, uh, and we feel good about that. and you imagine there being a family of sorts or you imagine them being in their in the broader bethlehem family no we so yeah <laughs> they, they are part of the city's network okay all right we got a network yeah, the city's network. network all right three strong huh three things yeah three strong and <laughs> And what the thing that makes our network, and as you hear the local thing here, the thing that why I have a network is the three things: it's the the theological commitment yeah. to the elder affirmation of faith. It's the, the second that we're relationally committed. So yeah, there's a that's... relational discipleship that every church takes, and and uh, with that also there's a there's a culture thing we're trying to impart. Yeah. And the third is that we're metro focused, so yeah. we only want to plant churches right here in the in, in Minneapolis the, yeah. Hall. Yeah, that's great. So that's yeah, and so yeah, three and. Uh, and we're yeah, we're excited about that. So yeah, um, and, and learning a ton. Like I mean, we we are learning as we go. Yeah. Honestly, trying to figure this out. But yeah, yeah, that's good. Sure. That's really really good. Well, uh, Jonathan, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. That's been good. And it's exciting to see what the Lord's doing here in the Twin Cities. Clint Clifton, you have braved the cold. Oh, we appreciate man. you grabbing this uh, interview with Jonathan. Yeah. yeah excellent stuff. So um, uh, what are some of your takeaways? You've had a little bit of time since you did this interview. Yeah. Um, what What do you think? Yeah, great, great question. First of all, it was cold. Uh, <laughs> I used to live in Iceland. So this, is co- uh, this was cold I never experienced in Iceland. So uh, I, I can't consider myself a person who kind of knows cold a little bit. Right. But this was this was real. I mean, a- immediate sharp pain on any exposed skin when you walk outside. Uh, nostrils frozen immediately when <laughs> we walk outside. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, it was like it, the day I left it was like 50 below, and so un- uh, unbelievable. So yeah. Anyway, yes, they uh, leave it to John Piper to put a conference, his annual conference, in the coldest place in the coldest time. Uh, yeah, but so yeah, Bethlehem conference. Um, uh, the conference, oh, we had gone to the conference and the conference was really good, but I got there a, a day early and I went to church at uh, City's church. And this is, uh, uh, Jonathan's, uh, the church plant that Jonathan planted. And it's, it was great. Uh, I talked a, a little, we talked a little bit about it in the interview, but, um, but man, the, the church service was really encouraging and uh, I'm interim pastoring right now and I'm pastoring in a, in a church. And so I'm, I'm not often able to go and visit church. So it's right. fun to go to a church plant that was doing so well. And um, they were, it's a little bit unfair from a church planning standpoint because they started with a bunch of seminary professors and a bunch of really, you know, educated, sharp, you know, godly people from, from a very prominent church and were well-funded. Right. So, yeah, it's not, uh, you know, most church planners that are listening to this aren't going to have any of those advantages, but it yeah. was it was fun to see how a a healthy church like Bethlehem can do such a good job at planting. Mm-hmm. And it's aspirational for the rest of us to really yeah. build great churches that have, you know, at their core of their ethos. Yeah. Is that so what what do you hope that church planters will hear as they listen to this interview? Yeah, to Jonathan, um 
Well, uh, his humility was kind of a feature, I think. Mm. Um, confidence in the gospel, but humility. I, I think he takes the gospel really seriously, but not himself very seriously. Um, that was good. I had I, honestly, I went to this conference and this whole thing, and never having heard of Jonathan, we were scheduled to speak at the same thing, and I heard him talk across from my talk, you know, and uh, yeah, I I just was like, man, I gotta gotta get this guy on the podcast after yeah. after I t I heard heard from him because he's just. Uh, humble and godly and uh man he you know you don't hear a lot of church planners you hear a lot of church planners talking a lot about the strategy and stuff but he was talking about just his deep desire to m to help lead a people that are soaked and saturated with the word and that love the word and that um and and i was like man i've never heard a church planner talk like that hmm. and uh that was cool so and he's done it it was one thing i heard him talk about it on saturday then i showed up on sunday and that's what if i were describing the church i would say man th that thing just dripped bible all over the place you know it wow. was like every from every note of a song to every word that they did it was just like the scripture and it was consistent and kind of well well pointed all at the same theme and idea from the text that they were preaching that day it was just very th well thought out Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. Do you think that church planters today um, feel a temptation or a, like a um, the gra uh, like, like a gravitational pull away from so much Bible? I feel like everyone aspires to that. Like yeah. the, uh, but I don't feel like there's much actual emphasis on it. You execution. Know, execution. Lacking. Yeah, and that's true for me too. I mean, I want to be. I want people to say same as Jonathan. I want people to say, man, th that church depends on the word they're saturated by the word that pastor you know the word falls out of his mouth when he opens it you know mm -hmm. but that's not true i mean it, in a lot of ways it's not true um, um so i just felt like he knew what he was aiming at and he was hitting the target mainly you know yeah. in a way that a lot of others aren't and so i was encouraged by that you, you would expect that from a guy that was produced by john piper's church but it was yeah it was it was really impressive and and, you know, I, I think I go to things like that with notable leaders and notable churches and look, you know, I have a little critical eye. And I was just I was like I, I learned from being around him and being there. Yeah. And I think uh, I think there's a lot to learn from it. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for tuning in to the Church Planting Podcast. We'll be back next week with a new episode.